Thank you for calling Gaywire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Hello, and thank you for choosing option three. I'm your silly goose of a host, Terrence Adams, and my pronouns are they and them. With me today is a special co-host who is somewhat better versed in the realm of the English language than my dog is, and that co-host is... Sydney Adams, and my pronouns are she, her. Thanks for tuning into Gaywire on CJSR 88.5 FM in Amiskwachewaskigan on Treaty 6 territory and Region 4 of the Métis Nation of Alberta. Colonially known as Edmonton. Today we begin the first of many, 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 many Sled Island interviews, all from our very own reporter, Artemis Peasley, who uses she, her pronouns. Sled Island is a massive music festival out of Calgary, multi-genre, multi-venue, and full of artists. Artemis attended the festival and was able to interview a multitude of artists. So do stay tuned in the upcoming weeks to hear those interviews. Artemis was kind enough to record a solid chunk of testimony about her experiences at Sled Island, so we shall have her regale us with some tales of the festival before we hear the first interview with a queer and Filipino band called Pentayo. Before we get to that one, we do have some community announcements. On July 31st, the Edmonton Lesbian Event Network is holding the third annual Pride in the Park. This event will be hosted in Gold Bar Park starting at 11 a.m. This event is pet-friendly, family-friendly, and folks are encouraged to bring picnic supplies for a lovely afternoon of Pride in the Park. Please check out the Edmonton Lesbian Event Network on Facebook for more details, but the location and time are Gold Bar Park at 11 a.m. on July 31st. They're also looking for volunteers to help with this event. And other oh. And others. They have a bunch of events. Um, they host a uh, lesbian gathering meeting thing at Fargo's in Capilano um, every once in a while. Um, and they are always looking for organizers. So do check out the Edmonton Lesbian Event Network on Facebook. Go check it out. Go check it out. The next announcement is a reminder to donate to the fund for Q Lawrence's new wheelchair, um, and a reminder that July is Disability Pride Month, and Yay! donating to Q's wheelchair fund is a perfect way to celebrate Disability Pride Month. Uh, the crowdfunding link is available in the Gaywire Instagram bio, in the link tree, the 
Instagram account is at gaywirecjsr, and then also be sure to check out the website disabilityfilibuster.ca to see just some of the amazing work that Q is a part of. Also be sure to check out the many hours of excellent discussion about MADE, which is medically assistance in dying in Canada, um, on our podcast feed, uh, available wherever you get your pods. Um, and again, that crowdfunding link for Q's wheelchair is available on our Instagram at GayWireCJSR. You know how you learn something new every single day? Well, I learned something about moths He's today. dropping the ball on the floor. <laughs> Literally dropping the ball. Sorry, um, Blue is in the background, the one and only uh, Biddy Jinkles. Uh, he's he's playing with his noisiest toys, and the second we take the them away... He's crunching, he's cr- chomping everything. He's just, he was sleeping. You can hear his toenails on the freaking wood. Yeah, he was Damn. sleeping, and now he's not. He, he's going. Anyways, here's something I learned about moths. Um, so, you know, you know how you hear about mothballs? Well, I thought that the moths made the balls. And now there was a moth in the house today, and it was like flying around the lights. And I was like, oh shoot, now I'm gonna have mothballs in my house. They're gonna eat my clothes and make mothballs. I thought, I thought they ate the clothes and then like used that to make the ball. And then I found out that it was the you use the mothball to get rid of the moth. So honestly, disappointed, but I'm glad that I'm not gonna have mothballs. Yeah, moths just seem a lot more interesting if they're like creating an art piece. Right? Like I thought <laughs> they just clothes. like they collected dust and like rolled it up or something. I don't know man. I don't know. I honestly am disappointed. I still love moths. Have you ever touched a moth and gotten the dust on your hand? Um no. I don't think okay. so. How do you feel about the dust? Well, I don't know. It's kind of fun, it, but then I feel bad for touching it. I haven't touched a moth in a really long time. I'm <laughs> <laughs> absolved of guilt. Yeah, I I feel bad for touching all the moths I've touched in the past. I'd like to move forward from that. That's good. It's not who I am anymore. You know, growth growth is important. Uh, mm-hmm. Growth growth comes in many different ways, and everyone is on a different journey. My journey is moth care. Moth care. Nice. All right, and now it is time for Artemis Peasley to regale us with her tales of the Sled Island Music Festival of 2022, and then her interview with the band Pentayo, who played at Sled Island this year, right here on Gaywire. So I'm just going to talk about um, how awesome Sled Island was for a little bit, and then I'll leave you guys alone. So on the first night I got there, I went and saw Backwash, who I wasn't able to get an interview with, uh, despite my trying. Backwash is currently taking a media break, which is fair, which is fair. Backwash was absolutely incredible like absolutely insane like you know I kept on saying wow Backwash is the only rapper I know with a mosh pit and everyone was like oh Travis Scott had a mosh pit and I was like not like this this was an absolutely real genuine 
mosh pit. And I've, I've moshed in a pit or two, you know. I know what I'm talking about. This was a mosh pit and a half. And my favorite thing, and possibly least favorite thing about mosh pits, is that I'm very happy. I'm, like, visibly grinning from, like, uh, ear to ear whenever I'm in a mosh pit. And people see that, and they're like, oh, well, she's very clearly into it. You know, she's having a good time. I'm going to, like, throw her into other people and, like, absolutely destroy her. Which is really fun. It's hilarious. It's a lot of fun. If you've never been in a mosh pit before, like, what are you even doing, man? Get in a mosh pit. Backwash. So backwash was really good. And then the next day... Yeah, the next day I interviewed... Uh, the rapper T-Fanny, who... No, wait, I'm getting my days mixed up. The next day, I interviewed Ponteo, and the reason that it went awry was I had said that our... our I scheduled our interview for 4 slash 4.30, and it was brought to my attention afterwards that not everybody uses the slash maybe as much as I do. So, uh, the band was under the impression that I meant for two four thirty, which, you know, fair. I can understand the confusion. And then, and then it was pretty far away from where I was staying, where they wanted to do the interview. It was at the artist, it was at the hotel, the Delta, and so I had to walk, and Google Maps just didn't understand how to get there. So it took me like an extra 20 minutes on top of the 20-minute walk that it already was. And then I got there, only two of the members were uh, able to speak with me, which is, which is fine. Um, all in all, it was just a, a bad situation. And, you know, maybe one day... I will speak with Ponteo again, and, you know, we can do a more full-fledged interview. Uh, who knows? All in all, uh, despite all of the setbacks, it was a, still a pretty good interview, I will say. Um, the next day, I spoke with T-Fanny, uh, who was just really, really nice, um... I went to her mother, her parents' uh, Caribbean restaurant in Calgary uh, called Simply Irie. Very, very good food there if you want to check it out. Uh, so we did the interview there, and it was unfortunate because Tiffany told me that usually... That restaurant is pretty empty, but the day that we decided to do the interview, it was very, very busy. Oh, wait, actually. Nah. No, no, I'm tripping. No, I think there was a day in between those interviews because, because, I'll tell you why. Before I interviewed T. Fanny, I saw the rapper who I also interviewed from Calgary. Sincere, which was 
an amazing show. Absolutely. Absolutely, like, phenomenal. Unbelievably good. Uh, Sincere and the Tribe. Where I met T. Fanny, actually, who also attended that show at the upstairs of the Broken City in Calgary. Broken City is where I spent most of my time, uh, just because it was really close to the Airbnb I was staying at. Um, so I met T. Fanny there, obviously met Sinzir there, uh, which was very nice. Uh, they're both absolutely amazing people. I'm so glad I got to speak with them. Um, so I spoke with T. Fanny the next day after seeing Sinzir, whichever day that was. You'd think I'd be able to get my day straight. It was only like five days, but here we are. After talking with uh, T. Fanny, I was scheduled to speak with Rassel, but uh, they weren't feeling well. So I will speak with them uh, sometime in the near future, I'm hoping. That was kind of something that happened after um, after Sled Island was a lot of the artists that I had reached out to got back to me and were like, oh, so sorry, didn't see this, or oh, sorry, uh, can we do this another time? So, yeah, so there's going to be like five more Sled Island interviews conducted over Zoom after the six that I did in person. Which, by the way, these are the first, uh, like, full-length in-person interviews I've ever done. And they got better as time went on. Which I'm so glad about. Because I feel like I know how to do it now. I can interview people in real life. I know what to avoid, what to focus on. Writing enough questions is, uh, for anybody who wants to be a reporter who's listening, um, something, something that, um, Nardwar, possibly the best reporter of all time said was, if you're not nervous, you shouldn't be doing the interview. Going into some of these interviews, I didn't write enough questions because I was just so confident that it was going to pan out the way I wanted it to. It didn't always pan out the way I wanted it to. So that's something that I've learned through this experience is that I have to be less cocky. You know, I have to know nothing. I have to be absolutely afraid that I'm going to fail at every turn so that I can work harder to avoid that. Or something like that. That might be crazy talk, but... Anyway, didn't end up speaking with Rassel. Uh, the next day, I spoke with Vagina Witchcraft, um, who... Oh my god. It was just so cool talking with those guys. They're gonna be playing in Edmonton August 26th with Purple City, um, at, at, with the Purple City Festival, they'll be playing with Vibes, Bench Party, and Midnight Peg. If you're not at that show, I hate you. Like, go to the show. Come on, guys. Go to the show. 
it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be getting my head blown off because I'll be moshing so hard. Okay, go to the show. Go to the show. I spoke with Vagina Witchcraft. I wasn't able to see Vagina Witchcraft play while I was down there, but I was able to make peace with that because I know they're coming to Edmonton soon. So, uh, I spoke with Kayla and Dylan, and that was... That's when I suddenly, like, regained, like, some semblance of, like, uh, like, I can do this, like, I can do reporting, like, it's still good to remain humble, but I felt so good about that interview, I wrote all these questions, I feel like me, Kayla, and Dylan all had, like, really good chemistry, that we were getting along really well, that it, it was just a phenomenal interview, I would say that was, like, the first interview that I did where I, it clicked, like, the first one that I did really, really well on, which, uh, I feel that I carried on through all the other interviews. Uh, the next day, uh, I did three interviews. Uh, <laughs> I was really busy. I talked to Sinzier at 11 a.m. Um, Sinzier is a very well-spoken lady. She's very, uh, she knows, she knows what she's saying. She knows what she's talking about. She's lived through the things that she speaks on in her songs, and she knows how to, uh, illustrate those things. He, she, she's very literate, let's say. I'm at a loss for words. She, she was really cool to talk to. She's a very talented singer and songwriter, and I feel like she was very insightful. I was able to learn quite a bit from our interview, I would say. Um, she was super cool to talk to. Later that day, I talked with Patrick Haggerty of Lavender Country, and that, I'm gonna have to say, is going to be one of the greatest interviews I'll ever do. That's the one to beat. Sorry, got everybody else, but that is the one to beat. Um, me and Patrick were crying, like physically bawling by the end of the interview just because it is, it's so refreshing to meet someone who does not has not gone through all the same experiences of you that who has not gone through all the same experiences as you but still understands still sort of knows what to say understands what you're going through because 
There's a lot of cisgendered people out there, even in the LGBTQ community, who just don't get it. Who just, like, don't understand how difficult it can be, how heart-wrenching it can be, how disheartening. But Patrick got it, and maybe, you know, when we're all uh, 75 years old, we'll get more things too, we'll understand a bit better the world that we live in and the other people who inhabit it, but it was just an absolutely incredible interview, um, one which I'll never forget, absolute amazing human being, um, and I feel bad because I also spoke with Eve Parker Finley, who, don't get me wrong, she was also absolutely lovely, and this sounds super insincere now that I'm saying it like this, but no, no, Eve, uh, Eve Parker Finley, she was an absolute treat. She was very nice to talk to, uh, I think I was the... I feel like I knew the least going in about her and, like, her style of music and just kind of, like, knew the least about what I was, angle I was going to go from. But uh, we were just able to kind of chat for the duration of the interview, which was really nice. Um, and also, uh, shout out to Ship and Anchor for um, letting housing the interview with Patrick and Eve Parker Finley. Um, we, for both interviews, we sat at a transgender bench just beside a mural that, uh, previous interviewee Kat Simmers did. Shout out to her. Anyway, all of the interviews I did and all the interviewees, I'm just so absolutely blessed to have spoken to all these people at all. Like, thank you all for even getting back to me, for um, giving me this, this like, giving this friggin' 17-year-old with a fake-sounding name uh, a chance to speak with you all, like, professional amazing musicians, songwriters, and singers. Thank you. Um, and I hope you don't regret it, but I guess you'll have to see. Uh, anyway, I've probably babbled on long enough. Chances are this audio is um, impossible to use, but I guess we'll see on today by the time that you're listening to this. I guess we'll see right now if any of this will be used. Um, I'm going to go to bed right now, and I hope you all have a lovely rest of your day. Please enjoy this interview with an amazing queer band, Ponteo. Irene Cloma, pronouns are they, she. 
Joe de los Reyes, she, her. And you guys are in... Pentayo. And could you explain to our audience a bit about what that name means and how you guys got it? Yes, the name is rooted in uh, Philippine psychology terms, and it basically means for us, by us. Okay, okay, that's pretty... And how did you guys uh, come up with that? How did you decide on that? I think it just, like, like, we first started off as a workshop group, and just, like, we connected together, like, all based in Toronto, kind of, like, talking about topics related to identity, what it is being Filipino, um, what it is living in the diaspora, and then from there, like, some members, you know, were familiar with Filipino psychology and research around that area, and then landed upon the term Pintayo would be an appropriate kind of band name, and I think also there was a show that we had to play. At the time, I wasn't in the band, but when I was first getting shows, um, they were like, okay, I guess we're going to perform the band as a, like, we're going to perform at a show. Like, we need to come up with a band name, and that's also how that came about as well. Yeah, Joe and I are actually the two, uh, yeah, well, youngest members, but also the, the last two to join. So Pantayo was already a band and had already chosen that name by the time we joined. And how long has Pantayo been a band? Ooh, 10 years. Yeah. Coming up 10 years. Yeah, was it at least we've been in, or like I've been in it maybe like five-ish years? I, oh, no, less. I've been in seven, so for you, probably eight oh. years. Wow. Wow, time flies. <laughs> and uh, how much music has Pantayo released? We released our debut album two years ago, but prior to that, we had some demo recordings on our band camp. Um, so I would say our first serious official release was our debut album. We did, prior to releasing our album, and also I guess one of the reasons why we met our producer, Alaska B, was when we worked on a video game soundtrack together called Severed, uh, with an independent uh, uh, video game, I guess company called Drinkbox Collective so that was kind of like our first foray in terms of like recording and putting together an album project. And my grandma was listening to CJSR the other day and said that she heard that you guys have trouble translating a recorded studio uh, audio to a live performance. Can you guys speak on that at all? Hmm. Well, I'm not sh- well, I guess it is like in terms of our live performance, like how do the studio stuff translates to the live? Like it- I might have misheard what you said. <laughs> well, I guess like I guess it's it's like a common thing maybe with like performing live. It's like getting the miking right and playing in the different um, different venues that we play at because traditionally uh, Kulintang music, the ensemble instrument that we play in, the Kulintang is also the name of the instrument and the um, ensemble, the name of the ensemble that we play in. Um, but it's traditionally played like outside in public. So, you know, um, when as a band in the context of like us touring on Turtle Island and these different like rock venues, concert venues, then it kind of, um, the instruments kind of rings and sounds a little bit differently. So then I could see like, yeah, sometimes when we perform live, we have to, we have to like, 
kind of learning how to mic our own mic so we could so we could communicate that with sound techs and stuff. So that's yeah, that's definitely an um, like something that we always take into account when we perform different live venues and the context and the acoustics of that and miking, learning more about miking because of that. And uh, what kind of musical influences would you guys say are primarily present in your music? I'd say a lot of genres. We're very multi-genre. There's five of us in the band, so we bring our different music tastes and experiences of music. Um, keep in mind that the Philippines as a country has been under U.S. imperialism since the turn of the century, so since the 19, late 1800s, early 1900s, which has influenced a lot of the media and culture. So in the Philippines, when you go there, um, you hear a lot of American music. Um, so for Pantayo, some of us grew up, were born and raised in Canada, like myself. Some immigrated later, but somehow we all have similar musical references. I think for Pintayo, at least for we talk about like being punk influence, R&B influence, electronic. Some of us really love metal, pop music, hip hop, uh, country, singer songwriter. Our sound, I guess, yeah, I think that's a huge point that Irene brings up and when we talk about it in our interviews as like Pentaya, we, we explore the possibilities of what Kulintang music can be because it is a traditional art form based in um, uh, the tradition of the Mekindanao and, and, and Tibuli people um, and then in the way that we're kind of, you know, incorporating our influences, our lived experiences and, and, and what it what sound can be and, and sound like in the Filipino like in the context of Canada. And like it's so really exploring um, Kulintang music as a live, a, a cultural tradition that is constantly changing in the same way that we make sense of ourselves and our worlds and the connections that we make. So I think, yeah, our sound is a lot, a lot of things. <laughs> it's a lot of possibilities. It's also kind of, I guess, in that sense, and we talk about being a queer Filipinx group, is also queering the expectations um, and kind of disrupting the boundaries of what, you know, we, we will define as CanCon or as Filipino musicians in that way. Um, so, um, and being given a platform like this is, is pretty, like, it's a privilege. and. And exciting for us to to be able to you know take up space in some of these stages. So so yeah, um, Pentayo's everything and anything all at once. <laughs> you guys need to be gone by 4:45. Yeah, uh, that's that's right now. Okay. Uh, before you guys go, uh, is there anything else you want to say to the people out there, or where can uh, the people catch Pentayo? This is coming in July, probably. July. Ooh, we. Oh, do we have shows? Well, we're we're playing now that festivals are opening up. We're doing shows. We're gonna be um, folk on the rocks. We're gonna be doing shows in um, Montreal and Ottawa. But keep in touch with. We're on social media a bunch. Pentayo Music and Instagram, um, and same with Twitter. But we're on the socials pretty often and love, you know, connecting to folks in that way. I don't know if there's any other things to mention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Thank you so much for talking to me with today.
Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> You just heard Artemis Peasley speaking with the band Pantayo at the Sled Island Music Festival. And before that was Artemis's review of the festival itself. Now it is time for a segment from our very own Gaywire creator, Jovi Krieger. Here's today Queero, a queer hero. Frida Kahlo was an inspiring surrealist Mexican painter. Through her art, she pursued questions of identity, colonialism, race, gender, disability, and social class. Frida challenged the traditional definitions of femininity and womanhood in Mexican society through her non-conformative gender performance. Frida had a tumultuous marriage with moralist artist Diego Rivera, but also had romantic affairs with both men and women, including movie stars, painters, photography artists, singers, and political leaders. Thanks for that segment. Thank you. And now it's time to close off the episode. Thank you so much to our guest, Pantayo, for coming on the episode. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in or maybe even following us on the podcast feed. When you choose to search up Gaywire, be sure to look up Gaywire CJSR, including the CJSR is very important. Very important. Very important. Gaywire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Amiskwichibiskaigen, colonially known as Edmonton, land which has been the home and traveling ground of many, including but not limited, to the Nitsitapi, Anishinaabe, Nakota Sioux, Soto, Dene, Nahia, and Métis people. All of us at Gaywire encourage you to think critically about the structures of power we reside within, your role in and around it, and what you can do to challenge the damaging legacies and mechanisms of colonialism in your day-to-day. Reconciliation is not a one-time thing, it's an ongoing practice. Please do check out some of the amazing Indigenous folks that we've interviewed to start your journey learning about decolonization, traditional tattooing, and what it means to be two-spirit by checking out interviews with Gabe Calderon and Ashley Cardinal. Also, Gabe Calderon has a book that's coming out very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Please tune in next week to hear more Prairie Queer content, and until then... Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. You can find us online at gaywire.transistor.fm, or you can find us on Instagram at gaywirecjsr. Uh, You can let us know what you think of the show by sliding into the dms or if you'd rather be fancy you can also email gaywirecjsr at gmail.com and you never know you just might be a part of the show our artwork is by travis erickson and original music by doug hoyer and katherine hiltz um until next time keep those mothballs out of your house and please stay on the line Colonial...
freak shark dude shark shark your little shorts you got it colonially i don't got it no what on food Like, <laughs> this is second. <laughs> <laughs> Felonious. No, not Felonious on a string. Felonious on a string. The worm on a string is out. Felonious on a string is in. Anyways, you know how you learn something new every single day? Well, I learned something about moths today. dropping the ball. <laughs> Literally dropping the ball. Oh, jeeves. Shark. I gotta sound natural.